listening to the Bloody Bits Horror Show with your host, Eddie Diaz. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie the axe jefferson and joining me this week this week of all weeks at the beginning of this month this very special month of bullvember ladies and gentlemen from the burn after pitching podcast frequent guest of the grind bin michael tanner how you doing today good i'm good and thank you for having me on i'm excited to do your show eddie I'm excited to finally have you on here, man. It's, I've been uh, ducking you for months. <laughs> I don't blame you, man, after uh, listening to the debacles that, that have come up on this podcast before. I do not blame you at all. So, Michael, you come in uh, at an interesting time for the podcast. We are starting up the month of November, the month of Bolvember, a month dedicated to the works of filmmaker Uva Bull. Uh, and this month is going to be bookended by an intro and exit interview with the man himself for our Patreon subscribers. So, why'd you want to join us for this? Well, when you get, when you warn me, you're like, hey, like November is Bullvember. I was like, I own House of the Dead on DVD. Oh, good. It's the only one of his movies I think I've I've sat through the whole thing. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I was like, listen, I am a zombie guy. Put me on the zombie one. Makes sense, man. So here I am. This is about as zombie as you can get, too. House of the Dead, year 2003 horror action film directed and produced by Uva Boll based on the light gun game of the same name by Sega. So what, what's your history here with uh, the Uva the Boll, Uvaverse, uh, I guess? Well... You know, I have to say, when I bought it, I bought it as a used DVD from Blockbuster. Um, I knew nothing about it. I I had not. I was familiar with the game, of course, but I had. He wasn't a thing yet. No. Um, so this was I sight unseen. Bought it for you know. I think Blockbuster had the buy two get one free on the used DVDs back then. Uh, I bought it. I watched it, and my mind was blown that it could be made a movie could be made so incompetently competently yeah so other movies that were kind of contemporary to this horror film you've got your freddy versus jason you've got your dream catcher uh, your underworld and house of a thousand corpses it's funny because i originally and I told the Uva uh, in the interview, I've only seen one of his movies, and I, I, I wasn't my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and that was House of the Dead. I actually saw it in theaters, and I don't wow. know going into it what my expectation was, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a hard one to really... Because, like, what's the story in the game? Yeah, like the the story in the game is like you're essentially X Files. You're you're uh, Scully and Mulder going into a house full of zombies and like weird science stuff. And then there's I don't know are we are we getting into it? Like this movie turns out is a prequel 
to the games. Yeah, so that that is true. Somehow this is a prequel to the games. So yeah, I think we can start getting into some of just the, the behind the scenes fun here. Um, the reviews of this movie were so bad that Danish cinemas refused to buy it. That was the first point that I saw that was interesting. Uh, it's also the last film to use the turntable techniques for 360 degree shots because apparently they're dangerous. Yeah, I, I would. I guess that's just what the term they use for poor man's bullet time effect, right? It's yeah, just spinning yeah. a camera around stationary actors. Well, in his interview, he said it was something that he kind of pioneered, which was that they set up a turntable with a camera on it and spun it around them when they were filming. Um, so if this is also the last film to use this technique, then I guess it's the first and the last. I, I so. imagine, yes, this this technique did not survive past... Um, like, if you think even on like a practical level, like this is like, poor man's bullet time. But The Matrix had come out years before. Yeah. So this yeah. was him on the cheap figuring out how to rip off that effect. But I'm sure by the time he really had done that, that effect had become played out, first of all, and much cheaper to recreate just through computer technology. Absolutely. So you didn't need to have a fucking turntable. <laughs> right, right. If you ever watch, like, there's a, a really great uh, channel on YouTube, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me, where they go kind of show the behind-the-scenes special effects uh, the way they do things. So like with the Matrix, it was a series of cameras circling around and they would all take shots at the same time. Then they would stitch them together sequentially to do the, the rotation. This is definitely much cheaper. You only need one camera. So, <laughs> oh man. Then uh, I also have that a director's cut of sorts was included on the film's DVD release. Uh, but it's not actually like any excised footage or anything. Instead, there's like a joke segment. I, I didn't get to watch this yet. Uh, where before the movie, Uva Boll playing himself is kidnapped and strapped to a chair as his kidnappers force him to watch the film as a form of torture. <laughs> That's really like the fascinating thing about him is he... He he's self-aware, right? Like he knows he's making shit, but doesn't seem to like he's very kind of defensive about it at times, but also wallows in it. And uh, he's a fascinating character. He really is. the the, uh, the interview that I have with him is going to be coming up slightly before this episode, so I definitely recommend people listen to it. He's he's a character, man. Uh, like I said, I talked to him for about an hour about this stuff and got him to agree to a follow-up interview after we watched all these movies. So nice, interesting guy. Um, so other than just, just kind of what we've spoke about before, what, what other impressions, if any, do you, do you maybe have of Uva Boll? Like how, how aware of him and his place in film are you? I'd say like from watching various like clips and uh, like critiques and, um, uh, movie analysis of his movies and just like reading about him. Cause you know, like, like we're talking about, he's an interesting character. Like he didn't, he do an open challenge to movie reviewers that he boxed them. Um, yes, and he, and he did. someone did take him up on it. Right. And he won, but it was kind of like, well, all right, you, you beat up a, a film reviewer who did it, who like called you out. Called so you actually, bluff. That's great. Actually it's, it's, 
Yeah, that's basically the story, but but there's a little more to it. It's actually several of them called him out on the bluff of boxing him, and uh, one of them was uh, Rich Kayanka Lotax, the guy who made the Something Awful website. Oh, okay. So it was... Uh, uh, so yeah, Uva Bull paid him and several other critics to come out and have a boxing match with him, which he filmed and actually put in his movie Postal, where he just beat the shit out of all these guys because he was a boxer for a little while. Like, he knows what he's doing. So why would you sign up for that? I mean, what yeah. did they expect, you know? He's going to... You've been fucking with him for four years. He's going to kick your ass. Like... I don't know what they could have anticipated was going to happen. Yeah, and it's it's weird that he carved out this like niche for himself of doing movie video game movies. Um like with Postal and House of the Dead. And did he do DOA or did someone else do DOA? Um I don't believe he did DOA. He did well, Alone he did in the Dark. Alone in the which, Dark and he did Blood Rain. Like yes. he really cornered the market on of video game movies that no one asked for. Yeah, you really did. I also did, uh, um, what else was there? Far Cry, I believe. And what was the damn one? Uh, it'll come to me one of these days. But, oh, the uh, um, Dungeon Siege in the Name of the King. Oh, right. Yeah, is yeah. Jason Statham in Jason it? Jason Statham and Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I, he told me... Uh, <laughs> Well, no, it, it's in an, a different interview with him. I heard he, he said that what he would do was he would be two weeks out from filming and then contact these people's agents and be like, look, man, I'm ready to film this movie in two weeks if you want to get paid. And, <laughs> and that's just how we would get big names, man. It's like, hell well, of a yeah, sometime. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like Ben Kingsley, I think, is in Blood Rain, right? Yeah. So our schedule that we've got, actually, is this being the first movie we're doing. Uh, after this, we're going to be doing Alone in the Dark with the McCollum Brothers. Uh, after that, we're going to be doing Blood Rain with Daniel from the Mustachioed Podcast Dio uh, yeah. and Tim, of course, because they're a package deal. Uh, and then we're going to be covering the movie Seed, which is a non-video game horror movie that Uva recommended of his. So it'll be interesting to see what something he might maybe be proud of versus this stuff. Yeah. What that looks like. And no no announced guest on that one yet, so we'll have to we'll have to figure that one out. Keeping it close to the vest? Do you do you know and it's just a secret or are you still nope, looking? Nope. No idea. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get somebody super famous. I'm just gonna, you know, reach out I'm to the I'm doing this week podcast before. tomorrow if you want yeah. to get paid. <laughs> So much of my booking ends up like that. Like, I think it was Daniel just pinged me last night. He's like, so we're still doing uh, my podcast next week, right? I'm like, ah, shit. Uh, yeah, I guess so, man. I'll make some time. Well, that's all like burn after pitching. We're a monthly podcast, and we still, like, are sometimes scrambling for guests. We're like, oh, yeah, we're recording. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we got we to gotta get someone. We got to get, like, a couple people for that. Yeah, what's our theme? It's our planning is not is not great. I think because it's a monthly, like, like we put it off for so long because we're like, oh, you know, we got a month to plan. That makes sense. Yeah, like with this one, I'm always like, you kind of fall into a rhythm when it's weekly. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I guess we should get to it then. Um, shall we begin? Yeah. We are uh, introduced to our cast of characters after some fake prodigy mu music in the credits with some 
weird stylized like house of the dead game footage and don't worry you're gonna get a lot of that uh yeah if you, i can't imagine seeing this on the big screen it, it like was you did with really video game weird. footage it had to have just yeah yeah it looked terrible because i mean you've got a very big screen and that the, the resolution of those old light gun games was not great yeah like, like you got ps2 level graphics blown up a million times on a big screen yeah, so the pixels are just like the size of your head. It's did not look great. But the stylizing it for the credits actually kind of gave it a cool effect, how they would start with just like the outlines of some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty neat looking. Bad music, yeah, I, though. At the time, like that was kind of the... That wouldn't have been out of place. That was horror movie and genre film credit sequences. A lot of like loud music, a lot of flashing lights. Yeah, weird yeah. computer effects over the credits. Oh, we were we were solidly uh, into the new metal era of horror back here in two thousand three. Man, let me tell you, I think this was like Final Destination two timing. <laughs> in fact, uh, uh, one of the guys was in Final Destination two. Yep. yep. So we're introduced to our cast of characters. Firstly, we've got Simon, played by Tyrone Litso. Nailed it on the first try. Got it. Uh, <laughs> So, Canadian actor, and uh, it's funny, I was looking at his IMDb today, and the most recent entry just says, House of the Dead announced. So, (laughs) we're going back, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder if Uva's going to get involved. He told me in his interview he's getting back into the film industry um, after briefly leaving it to take up being a restaurateur. Oh. Yeah. So, we got Simon... Yeah, well, he got out of that game because of the uh, the coronavirus. Ends up that uh, that that's a hard time to open up a new sh- a new restaurant. Yeah. So then we've got Greg, played by Will Sanderson, who might be one of the most unlikable characters in any horror movie ever. He is solidly unlikable in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, like not even and, in a real person way. Like he's so many of the characters are just like awful caricatures, but he most of all is just a boring, awful character. He really doesn't bring a lot to it, uh, other than yeah, just unlikability. So, no good. Good for all the the kind of shit that's going to happen to him. Uh, so they're planning to take a boat to an island rave party, which. Now, First of all, these characters, these dude bros. Oh, God. There's no effing way they're going to a rave, first of all. And then second of all, nobody has a rave on an island during the day. Oh, yeah. When we get to the the rave party scene, it's terrible. Like... (laughs) It, what are what are they? It's like a beach party. It, it's yeah, well lit. You don't want to be well lit when you're on ecstasy, right? Like, and I feel like that's the problem. Is they they called it a rave. If they had just called it, there's a party on an island. I would have been like, okay, I I accept what's happening. But then they're like, there's a rave. I'd be like, fuck you. There's not a rave. Dude, you're supposed oh. to be in a weird warehouse. Yeah, you're in a weird a weird uh, warehouse. In the middle of an industrial section of like a city, in the middle of the night, you are not during the day. 
on an island in the not and not like a tropical island, like a Pacific Northwest <laughs> island. <laughs> yeah, where I grew up, where like on the best day of the summer, it's maybe going to be eighty tops. Yeah. It is overcast yeah, and cloudy, and everyone's brought a parka just in case. Well, and it's definitely raining, as we'll get to, mm-hmm. weirdly. Uh, so they meet up with Alicia, played by Ona Grauer, and Karma, played by Anuka Okuma. As I think well that's as, probably right, yeah. I, I'm trying here, man. Uh, as well as Cynthia. Oh, boy, Cynthia. Played by Sonia Saloma. What what a well what a bunch of just caricatures that we have here, folks. Mm-hmm. It's and and the the dude bros introduce everybody kind of accordingly. Like what is it? Simon's an underwear model, but he's yep. stupid. Um Greg is supposed to be smart, I guess, but he's also stupid. Uh, then we've got Alicia, Karma, and Cynthia. The only note they have is that Karma thinks she's Foxy Brown. What a weird note. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, how? Okay, because okay, so Alicia is the smart one. Yeah. She, Sonia or Cynthia? Cynthia's the the dumb blonde. Yeah. And Karma's the black friend. Right. So who, she has to be a stereotype. She, yeah, she has to be a stereotype. But also isn't any... She's not sassy. She's not like... She's just a, a regular person. So a fox... She's supposed to be Foxy Brown. Like, no. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that actress could pull off a Foxy Brown. That's... No. Uh, you you got to have some some uh, uh, command of presence to pull off that role. And we don't get a lot of that in this movie. No. Well, just like their performances, they missed the boat to the <laughs> rave. <laughs> And uh, we cut to the stupid rave that they're all missing out on. And like you said, it's outdoors. It's well lit. People are like tossing those inflatable beach balls around. It. What? What are we? This is not just a beach party, man. Just a beach just, party. Don't call it a rave. Call it a beach party. Yeah, exactly. Call it a beach I mean, party sponsored by Sega because there's the gigantic Sega banner in the background. The big Sega. Lo- they should have had Smash Mouth playing here. It would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> uh, so yeah, instead the uh, the group decides they're going to hitch a ride with a local uh, uh, boat guy who happens to be there. So they like, and this seems forward. They just get on the dude's boat and they're like looking around for. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think there's some maritime law that's being violated. Yeah, I you got to ask get, permission to come aboard. I think this is how you get keel hauled, whatever that means. Um, I know they used to do it to people. Yep. And they that's do where bump. you get dragged behind the boat. Oh, okay. Ugh, that sounds or rough. Or dragged in front of the boat, like you're strapped to the front of the boat. I think that might be keel, keel hauling. Oh, and then eventually you just turn into like a big-breasted mermaid sculpture. Yep. Magic. That, Magic that happens. Sense. That makes sense. But now they don't get any big-breasted mermaids. They get Clint Howard portraying Salish, named after a Native American tribe from the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice. Uh, he's the Gordon's fisherman with a hook for a hand. Now, if you're going to give me Clint Howard with a hook for a hand, I need that hook hand to come into play ever. I need him 
accidentally picking his nose. I need him attacking somebody with it. It's Chekhov's hook hand. It really is. But no, doesn't happen. So they're asking poor Salish, uh, hey, can we use your boat? We're going to give you some money. And he's like, wow, well, where are you going? And they, they like point to it on a map, kind of. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to go there. After all, that's the island of death. Oof. Spooky. I'm spooked. Uh, and there's evil spirits there, he says. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. But then, thankfully for the crew, Captain Kirk shows up. No, not from Star Trek. It's uh, Victor Kirk, played by Jurgen Prochnow from Das Boot. Das Boot. Yeah. I think they Which even have kind like of- a... Yeah, they do, there is a dust boot joke at, at one point, right? There's like a little pun line, like who's the U-boat captain yep. here? Or, yeah. I do, do have to say, like, that is the one piece of, like, inspired casting. Like, yeah, get the guy from Das Boot to play the captain of the boat in House of the Dead. That's pretty, that's pretty good casting. And then they utilize him for quite a while, too, and well. So, uh, yeah, good on him. You know, every once in a while you do something right in these things. So they're all hesitant to take the group to the island until old uh, Captain Kirk says, Hey, you know, if if you give us a thousand dollars, I guess, uh, we'll take you to the island of death. (laughs) Which, like, it's a negotiable, like, you know you're going to die, but I guess, like, yeah, a little more money and we're cool. A couple hundred dollars extra. Mm -hmm. It'll help pay for the funeral, maybe. Maybe, yeah. So... Now, so much is happening for literally no reason in this, okay? We cut to some couple that they're going to go off to have sex. Um, and, and this is just a couple from the, the rave. And if this sounds like the storytelling is a little disjointed, it's because it is. Uh, a lady runs in, does some skinny dipping, and dude, the water up there? Like, I'm down in Ventura County, right? It's beautiful down here. It's SoCal. You go into the water, though, it's still cold down here. Now imagine the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Yep. Like, she's lucky she didn't just freeze to death immediately. (laughs) So she, you know, jumps in the water and, uh, you know, we're we're having a good time. And her boyfriend goes in, he sticks a toe in and does the, ah, fuck this, it's uh, too cold. I'm going to go lay down and drink a beer. Which, uh... Hats off to him, smart. Yeah, it's an interesting um, thread through this movie of, like, horny girls and dumb dudes, like, making weird excuses not to have sex with the the horny girls at the moment. It really is. There's just a lot of dudes cock-blocking themselves. Yeah. Like, oh, this water's too cold. I'm just going to lay here on the beach. You swim naked, girlfriend. Who, interesting enough, that, that actress went on to play Lois Lane on Smallville. Oh, whoa. Was she the one that got in that weird neck? No, the next. No, no, not in the. uh, She's not the one who joined the sex cult. Okay. Okay. Man, that sex cult. How about that? That's something. Yeah. That guy that that was running it, he sounds like a jerk. Uh, (laughs) It was like branding people. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of a mediocre dude somehow tricked a bunch of people into starting a sex cult 
Hey, and speaking of mediocre dudes uh, branding women and tricking them into a sex cult, this week, uh, uh, or last week, uh, Halloween week, we did the episode Hack-A-Lantern on the Grind Bin. So uh, be sure to check that out. Oh, yeah. Boy, howdy. Talk about weird, creepy sex cult guy. But anyhow, she's in there swimming in the water, and we get these great shots from under the water where you just see, like, her body and her boobs and no head. So that's pretty good. Uh, (laughs) That was definitely a choice. And all these bubbles start coming up, and she gets all creeped out. But then nothing really happens. She just kind of leaves the water. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's... And the music even is meant to evoke Jaws, and we're getting some very Jaws shots. But now, no payoff here. She has to get out of the water, get dressed, and go wander around looking for her missing boyfriend. Yeah, because he just, like, vanished. He left his clothes there, too. That was a little weird. So something probably went wrong. All right. Well, back to the people who were uh, on the boat, though. And Greg's puking all over the place. And, and I like he, like, tries to play it off like he's not seasick. It's like, oh, I just ate something bad. You like, know. that makes it better. Like, yeah, right. So then what, what's what's the girlfriend going to think? Cool, you're going to be puking and have diarrhea all weekend. That's mm-hmm. good. No, nah, man, just just play it off. But uh, that's cool because he, then he just throws up on Cynthia. Yeah. Remember there's that period, and I feel like it just ended like a year ago. But for the last, like, 15 years of movies, puking was like a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Lots of movies would just have, like, random puking in it. Yeah. I mean, we really, we kicked it off with The Exorcist, and it kind of, like, nailed it, you know. We peaked. We peaked at Exorcist, and then it was just, like, decades of movies just having vomiting for no reason. Yeah, because this really, again, comes to nothing. She goes into the, the ship to the kitchen in the ship, I guess. And she's taken her shirt completely off to clean it. And I'm not a woman, so I can't really speak for all women, but when you're uh, topless, just having Clint Howard show up seems not good. Oh, I thought you were going to say, seems like a dream come true. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Some people have uh, different tastes, Clint Howard, I mean, he's not classically handsome, but he's somebody's type. Yeah. You know? And then he, he's actually pretty nice because Cynthia's like, hey, did you did you get enough of a look or whatever? But she doesn't even, like, try to put her clothes back on. No. Nah. She's just, she just, like, full frontal boobage. Yeah, full frontal boobage, man. It's great. That's my new sound effect on the soundboard. Is that what, the... um? Is that the actual transition music from the movie? Because it does sound a lot like it. (laughs) No. I don't know where. It it came with the soundboard. Uh, (laughs) That's great, though. So, yeah, then he, Salish, is just like, look, uh, you're going to an island full of evil spirits, so take this cross necklace to protect you. Which she does. But it doesn't really work, and it never comes up again. Yeah, it's a scene to have a scene. Yeah. Well, we got to see your tits, though, right? Right. Like, that was like... <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's like we, we saw her boobs. Clint Howard got a couple more lines, and then that's it. Yeah. Just uh, now we move back on. We move back yeah. to 
back to the skinny dipper lady who I don't think they ever say her name. Um, but we find out her boyfriend's name is Matt because she's yelling for him. Matt, Matt, you know. And we, she wanders off to the house by the cemetery. No, not the Fulci movie. Um, she just wanders off and you see all these tombstones and there's a house. She's like, ah, oh, Matt's probably in here. Of course, because why wouldn't he go inside the creepy house on I, Rave Island? Yeah, I went a random direction on an island I've never been to before. This is definitely where he went. <laughs> Good logic, whatever. But she's right, though, because Matt is in the house. Uh, he's standing there, and he, he's bleeding out of his mouth. And then we get a pretty good zombie hand just ripping through his stomach. And they eat the lady, and we never get to know her name. So That's a wrap on Lois Lane. Uh, that's a wrap on Lois Lane, man. It looks like uh, zombies eating her was her kryptonite. <laughs> it's everyone's kryptonite, right? Yeah, well, I mean, in this movie, sure. So, no matter, smash cut to some game footage again. Then uh, some shots of the boat. And what, what, what I failed to mention a little earlier is uh, they, the harbor patrol was trying to stop Captain Kirk for their every two-week inspection of the boat. That's right. And uh, old Captain Kirk's like, give me a couple of extra bucks and I'll, I'll shake, the, I'll shake the, uh, the smoky here. You know, so uh, he gives them the money and they they shake her. And, and uh, what was the the chicks? The Casper. Yeah. That's Who's right. played by. Um, uh, like uh, she's she's got one of those horror pedigrees. Like she's she's cast because she was in like a Halloween movie and some other like um, horror movies. So she's some legacy casting. Yeah, she she's playing um I I think they say initially that she's Harbor Patrol, but then like later on she's just got like a weird assault rifle. Yeah, and I think they say Coast Guard at one point. Coast Guard, that's right. It's uh, Ellie Cornell uh from Halloween 4, which we did yeah. an episode on just recently. So oh, there boy. you go. How about that? Thought she looked familiar. Kind of, except she was wearing like weird paramilitary looking shit because she's with the coast guard so yeah good for them so anyway we uh cut back to the game footage back to the boat on the harbor and the harbor patrol is following behind and we get some cool just like adr of hey you know follow follow far enough behind so they don't see us we'll we'll go get them when they get where they're going so now here here we get another clue that captain kirk and salish have some merchandise to hide on the island. You know, so we, we pull up to the island, the kids get off in a little rowboat, and uh, Kirk and Salish are just lugging these big heavy boxes because it starts, uh, a storm starts up, and it's raining. Then we cut to the rave, where there's no one there, but it's also not raining. Yeah, So it looks very dry. Well, except for the shirt on the ground. That's completely soaked in blood. Whoa, clue. It's a clue. <laughs> it's definitely a clue. So uh, she picks it up. Uh, Cynthia, or no, it wasn't Cynthia. It was uh, Alicia picks it up. And she's like, huh, that's probably not good. Ah, well, because all uh, uh, the boys, they, they found the booze. 
and that's all they care about because they're just a couple of dude bros. Just a couple of dude bros, man, just having a couple of beers. That's all you need anyway. Who cares that the rave is missing? They came here for a rave and found not a rave. No. Nope. A beach party, but no one at the beach party. Not even a beach party. They just found like an empty place. It's all collapsed and fucked up looking. Ah, whatever. So Greg and Cynthia decide, hey, why don't we go stumble off into this weird tent thing and have sex uh, while Alicia, Karma, and Simon go looking for the party that was supposed to be here. Where did everybody go? I don't know. And to your point, uh, they're getting down, but but Greg's having some performance issues. Yeah. he's uh, He doesn't want to do it on the stage. He's got to find a private place. Yeah, yeah. So they stumble off into some tent. And they're talking about Velcro. And then Cynthia says something about like mommy being horny. And I'm like, I don't, that's a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then Greg has some more performance issues. And he uh, says, I just got to go take a piss. Which, those are two separate systems. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things like in a uh, stick shift car. Like, you can't just take it from, like, third gear to reverse immediately, you know? <laughs> you have a fail-safe that's sort of built in. So I think he's going off to try to find a blue chew or something. He's got to get Rhino hard. He's got to, man. Got to find him a truck stop somewhere. But no, he wanders off to take a piss. Well, guess that's the last we're going to see of him for a while. Maybe he'll be, like, in uh, summer school. The, the student at the beginning, they just take a piss. You don't see him until the end. Uh, zipper's stuck. So, as he gets out, a bunch of zombies swarm and go get Cynthia. Uh, so much for that necklace. But you don't really see the zombies. You just kind of see their shadows on the tent. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a, a competent director would be able to build tension. Um, but we don't have that here. So it's a lot of just like random images they're like oh, okay I, I guess i can your brain puts together what's happening but it doesn't there's no emotion behind it and that's a lot of what this movie is there's like yeah okay I, I understand what's happening here i don't care um because you're not you're, you're you're not making the film in such a way to make me care about anything but you're, you're certainly telling me what's happening yeah so we're we're about a half an hour into the movie now and I don't think I've gleaned any personality from anybody except for maybe Kirk. And that's very little. So It's horny and dumb. Those are the two emotional states for our main cast. What's so funny, though, is if you hear interviews uh, about the people that have worked with him, they all say that they loved working with him because he would get the shot and say, all right, we got to go. Hurry. Let's go do the next shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they just cash them checks and move right on, man. It sounds like a dream for an actor. Well, the rest of the group's about to have a nightmare because they're uh, wandering around in the woods and they're being followed by death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey <laughs> after he got in a car wreck or something. And again, it's not <laughs> raining. Yep. And this is our main villain that we're introduced to. And he literally, like, he just kind of, like, steps on screen and steps off screen. (laughs) He just, like, like, peeks out around a tree and then goes back behind the tree. Yeah, we're like, (laughs) oh, okay. That's something. There's a guy. 
it's no Jaws, right? We're not like building yeah. up to the monster. We just kind of we get a little cameo of him every here and there. So that's cool. You get the feeling that he's in control of something. It reminds me of um, in The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler, where there's, John Lovitz has that rival <laughs> wedding singer character. Yeah. There's, there's the scene where like Adam Sandler has a freak out, and then just like behind a, a curtain, John Lovitz appears. It's like, he's losing his mind. And I'm going to reap the benefits. And yeah. then he like goes back behind the curtain. And that's literally it. You never see John Lovitz yeah. again in the movie. Oh, man. You recast this with John Lovitz as the main villain. I am down. Maybe oh, that's yeah. what the new one will be. House of Lovitz. I love it. Oh, House of Lovitz. Well, they find the house. And there's not a lot of Lovitz going on in this house. It's uh... What we do find, though, is Rudy. Played by Jonathan Cherry, ladies and gentlemen. Who he's not—he's—he's he's not bad. He's not a bad actor. Um, he he does seem like his career should peak at being Orlando Bloom's stand-in. Um, Ooh, he would be a great Orlando Bloom alike. Yeah, like he—I'm willing to bet that's why he's—that's part of why he got cast. Is he looks so much like Orlando Bloom, who was like hot at the time. This was yeah, he peak was Legolas time oh, period. Yeah. Oh, they should have just gave him a bow and arrow in this. That would have been mm-hmm. wonderful. Just go full Legolas with him. A full bloom. Hey. Uh, but, uh, okay. We also have Liberty. Oh, now, yeah. Liberty is by far my favorite character in this movie. Oh, okay. Well, tell us all about her. Okay, so Liberty, we see her initially at the rave where she's one of the, like, she's a dancer on stage. Um She's a uh, Asian woman, young mm-hmm. Asian woman who yeah, is in Kira a Kira Clavel. Kira Clavel, one of those mm-hmm. great Asian names. <laughs> so, so Liberty is wearing an American flag motif. I don't know, like it's a halter top, but with bell-bottom pants, right? Like it's a great outfit. Yeah, it is. Like it is. <laughs> it is a standout. It should be. It's one of those outfits that looks like it's a alternate outfit for a character in a fighting game. Oh, like there's yeah. like the player one and the player two is like American flag motif. Um, she is, she's by far like my favorite character in this movie. Cause she just stands out from the blandness of everyone else. She's got a costume. She looks different. Like she has some badass moments later. Um, so, she, so she's one of the survivors from the, um, from what we soon see the, the rave massacre. Yeah, from the fake-ass rave. You know what? Maybe it was a thing, like with Samuel L. Jackson in the Star Wars movies, where he's like, I want my lightsaber to be purple. So in all these fights, you see where I am all the time. Maybe Kira is like, look, man, you, you've got to give me... You know when you design a character in one of those creative characters? Mm-hmm. I want an outfit like that. <laughs> so they're like, I, okay, uh, go back to wardrobe. See what she, She's like, no, nah, I brought it. So, <laughs> and boy, did she bring it, man! And then we've got Hugh, played by Michael Eklund, and um, Hugh's creepy. He's the he's our um, he's our uh, Jamie Kennedy from the Scream series character. He's the one who's aware of what what's happened. Like, like um, he's the one who knows. That there are like he's, he references the Romero zombie movies. Yes. Although every other character acts like, "What? What's a zombie? What's that?" And he's going like, "The Holy Trinity, night, dawn, day." Like he lays it all out. 
Yeah. As if he's from a different galaxy. Right, right. He's the one person. He, he's our stand-in, effectively, to to be like, look, look, guys, this is what's... We all know what's going on here. Can you guys fucking catch up? So he does kind of help them with that. And I forget, he's the one with the camera, right? Right, right. Okay, so he's like Jamie Kennedy from the Scream series if he was also, like, secretly filming the girls the whole time. <laughs> so How do we know creepy. he wasn't? Well, that's a good point. They, they accidentally put in the wrong tape in Scream 2. So <laughs> instead of getting the rules for a sequel, you just see, like, Sydney on the toilet. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> never mind. I'm glad he's dead. Spoiler for Scream, by the way. He dies. Yep. So now the plan is, yeah, like you said, we, we know what's going on. And the plan's like, look, man, we got here on a boat. And uh, let's all go to the boat and leave. And this tends to be the plan a few times in the movie. <laughs> because it's literally the only way they could get off of the fucking island. So we cut to Salish, and he's hiding a box. And... It sounds like a dog sneaks up on him. <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to be zombies. I know right. that. But it just sounds like a, a dog. And I'm like, are we in Resident Evil? A very like, panty we... zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was watching one of uh, uh, Hughes' movies. <laughs> the zombie was. So, yeah. And up, Salish hiding a box or something. And he, he gets got by the zombies. Yeah. And this is where... I think this is where we kind of start in the movie scene... Like the the cuts that are just like zombies running past like a floodlight that's meant to be like the moon or something where it's like there's a bright light in the in the background and zombies run in front of it. Um, yeah, well, we also get like a, a shot. I think it's the next shot, actually, which is Kirk in the boat. And, and uh, he because he thinks he hears somebody coming. He's like, Salish, is that you? And it's nighttime. And like you said, the moon is really weird. Um, also, it's still raining on the boat, but not not on the island. So he pops out a cigar, lights it, and then uh, pulls out his pistol because, you know, Salish doesn't respond. And, yeah, it's just a bunch of zombies coming up coming up on the boat with him. Bunch of water zombies. Yeah, they do look like water zombies. They're, they're all bloated. And I, I will say this with the movie. There's a lot of use of practical effects. And sometimes it really works. Sometimes not so much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would say, in terms of like zombie zombie looks, run the gamut, right? Like you can do like just like pale green makeup with dark circles under your eyes, like kind of Romero and like night and and dawn with the occasional like heavy prosthetic zombie, and then you can get like to like full cheese zombies where mostly it's poorly applied prosthetics that you can see literally falling off the actors in certain scenes, but you kind of accept it as part of the charm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, and this has like every kind of zombie and, and some of it makes sense. Like, cause there's the fresh zombies, the hundred year old zombies. Um, and then like even older zombies so that like you can kind of see different kind of zombies throughout the movie. But I, I'm willing, for all the faults I give this movie, the zombie makeup and zombie effects, I'm perfectly fine with. I'll accept, I'll accept them even when they're a little janky. Yeah, there, there are some great zombie destruction scenes coming up that are 
phenomenal looking, really. Um, like specifically the the what happens to the big bad at the end of it is pretty awesome looking. So we get back to the rave that isn't a rave, and uh, we're trying to get Greg and Cynthia, but we don't see them. And uh, immediately the group's like, "Hey, there's a porta potty that's overturned. We should go look at that." <laughs> like, I like that. That's their first thought. So like, all right, well, let's flip it over. And I'm like, you don't, whatever's going to come out of that, you don't want any part of. And it turns out they don't because it's Greg and he's covered in shit. Now, they know, I think they know their friend pretty well. Like, I think they were expecting that. <laughs> let's see, there's a overturned porta potty. I bet you Greg is in that. Well, because, you know, they don't say it, but this has happened four other times with Greg. Uh, he's just gone into the porta potty. He gets like his zipper stuck. Uh, They're in called the door. fetishes, Eddie. Well, yeah, okay, that's true. Maybe he saw a Hughes video camera in the toilet and he was trying to get it. Oh yeah. So uh, no, no. Greg comes out covered in shit, and well, then Cynthia pops up too, but she's a zombie. So uh, you know, a little record scratch there, and she bites old Hugh on the neck and kills his ass. And right about then, Casper shows up with her AR and just blows the shit out of zombie Cynthia. So, all right, I guess uh, now we can leave, right? We can just go get to the boat we were going to. We've got a trained professional with a gun and a boat, another boat. They've got two boats. They've got options. So, you know, the best thing to do in this situation is uh, split up the party. So you get uh, Greg and Casper decide they're going to go to the other side of the island where her boat is because the, she tries to radio uh, her, her second in command and they don't get back to her. While the rest of the group decides they'll just go to the boat they were going to anyway. Okay. So the first group goes over and, uh, oh, Greg gets eaten. He dies because he's fucking around. And uh, Casper just kind of, kind of like tried to help him out a little bit, gave him a gun and everything. Mm-hmm. And somehow he got a grenade. Yeah, he has more gear on him than she gave him. Like she gives him a gun, but then he has like a whole shoulder holster and he had grenade. <laughs> he get he got geared up off screen. Yeah, it's like Brick from Anchorman. He just like <laughs> happens to have a grenade for some reason. Like I, yeah, but it doesn't work. All the gear in the world doesn't save him. He gets eaten. The, one of the zombies was sniffing around for him. And he just kind of smells. Oh, is that shit. that great Lord of the Rings shot? Yeah, yeah, where he's hiding. And it, oh, God. When one of the ring wraiths was looking for him, I yeah. guess. Which is such um, a, a. Again, this is like peak Lord of the Rings, Legolas. Like, of course, there's going to be a Lord of the Rings reference in this movie. Yeah, yeah, of course. But no, it doesn't work. He dies. So we go back to the other group, and they're headed toward the boat. And they're being followed by death again, because he do, he gives you another little John Lovitz moment where he yeah. pops out from behind he the just tree, walks on camera, walks off camera, he looks at the camera like down the barrel. Don't tell them I'm here. And then he kind of snickers and walks off camera. So they're walking over the uh, bridge with all the gross bubbly water. I don't like. I lived in Washington for. For a while, and there Same are here. hot springs up there, but nah, there's not this. This isn't going yeah. on anywhere. Would you think it's supposed to be that there's like zombies in the water, and it's like 
Well, the zombies wouldn't be breathing, so there wouldn't be air bubbles. But yeah, it's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird choice. It's a weird movie, man. Yeah. So one of the zombies reaches up through the bridge and busts it, and right then Rudy falls and he gets his hand stuck through, through like with a nail, and it just looks like it would have hurt. And uh, funny enough, they added that scene later because the actor uh, actually fell and burnt the shit out of his hand. So Ooh. they had to film the rest of it after that point with the hand bandaged up. So they're like, ah, oh, we got to have a scene to explain, you know, why his hand is bandaged up. Which I think is like, I wonder if a, uh, some of the crew or like some of the actors argued with Yui about um, about that. Because I could see Ball just saying, be like, no, he just has a bandage on his hand. Who cares? Keep filming. <laughs> like, like, no, we have to explain it. And he'd be like, nah, I, I don't think we do. No, it's but fine. He's somehow just he relented. They're like, look, we could. He's like, fine, just, just it, it, make it a shot. It takes less than three seconds. Go. And like, oh, okay, there you go. Nail. We're nailed it. So uh, <laughs> that explains how he got hurt. And we make it to the boat, and they're all yelling, uh, hey, Kirk, Kirk, you know. And, and they look at the boat, and ah, shit, Kirk's not on the boat. There's a bunch of, bunch of zombies on there. So then Kirk does a. Uh, uh, was it, who was the idiot that was swimming out? It was Simon, right? Yeah. Yeah, Simon's like, they're like, no, don't swim out there, stupid, because that's not, Kirk's not on there, but he doesn't hear because he's too excited. He just wants to get on a boat and get off this island of death. Yeah, makes sense. You know, I get it. But instead, he jumps into the overrun with zombies water. And uh, there's some pretty decent shots where they're like doing some CGI of the bullets flying underwater, you know? <laughs> It, uh, I've seen worse. Uh, and Kirk, he pops out. He's shooting the bullets at everybody because he, he went to go get something. And we'll, we'll learn about that in a bit. But he gets bit on the arm. And then Simon, they drag his ass back over to the shore. And he gets acid spit on his face. Which, okay. I get yeah. that he's a model, right? I, I get that we're trying to take him down a peg. But no other zombie has acid spit. Yeah, it's a it's a special ability by this one zombie, I guess. Also, he's an underwear model. Does he really need to have a perfect face? No, I mean usually with those ads, I I think you could just crop the head out entirely. Yeah, could just be shot like the the underwater boob lady. Yeah, no head. It's a bonus. If, exactly. Then you don't got to think about a person. You're just like, all right, well, there's uh, somebody's ass. Great. So now we make it to the boat, you know, under overrun with the zombies. Uh, and they're like, well, we're kind of screwed. We, we don't have any supplies. We don't have any guns or anything. So what the fuck are we going to do? And Kirk says, well, we, uh, we actually do have some stuff. And it turns out he's been smuggling Cuban cigars. But then underneath the Cuban cigars, he's got um, more guns than God. (laughs) And like, holy shit, the arsenal this dude has. It's my Lord. And we get a little exposition here, too. In a weird, like, cut back to what was like 300 years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're like, well, there was this Spanish guy named Castillo, uh, and he was banished from, from Spain for doing ungodly experiments on people. 
So on his way to get executed, he lures the captain over and strangles him with his chain that he's chained to. Uh, Then he somehow breaks out of the chain and kills everybody on the ship, sails it to this island for some reason, uh, enslaves all the native people here, and kills anybody who comes to the island. Oh, but that's an old wives' tale that that's, uh, <laughs> sailors like to tell people to keep them off of their, their island where they're smuggling things. Because, you know, they do that. Like, there's so many other places you could hide shit. Yeah, and I have questions. Okay. Um, because this is... Even... If this is clearly the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how this plot of this this Spanish evil scientist in the age of exploration. He's going to be put to death and he's on this boat. He steals the boat and sails to this island, uh, presumably alone because he kills the crew, right? Yes. How? Where did he, this voyage start? Um, okay. Is he supposed to be in, like, Spanish Mexico? Uh, and he just sailed north and found this island? Um, you know what I think it is? I think we've got a one-eyed Willie situation. Yeah. Pacific Northwest, Spanish Armada. I think, I think that's what we got. We just, <laughs> so the explanation is just don't think about it. Just, yeah. just go just, with it. Just look, go with it. You've already seen conservatively nine boobs, and how many people have been shot so far? I like that it's an odd number of boobs. Well, I think one of them, you only, the chicks, you only see one of her boobs. It was like a side shot. Oh, side boob. Do you count side boob? I don't count side boob. Only if you see a nipple. Yeah, okay. I can't, it's like you have to, you have to see a nipple. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But like sometimes people are like, oh, side boob. I'm like, that's just the side of a boob it's not the boob like, yeah you, you know I, i'll apply the rule to it the, uh, like with porn i'll know it when i see it if it's yeah. a boob or not that's a good rule of thumb rule of boob ladies and gentlemen <laughs> rule of boob <laughs> tip your waitress <laughs> i'll be here all week so yeah all right so and also like that house on the island is not a 300 year old house it's like a 200 year old house maybe uh, yeah, so there's a there's a lot going on with the Isle of the Island of Death that uh, I'm not buying. I'm not buying that this is the origin story. There's like a lot of Goonies stuff going on here too, because you got the old shithole house that's got the weird hatch underneath of it that leads yeah. to tunnels, and yeah, wow, there's a lot going on here. Ah, so we're gonna hand out a bunch of guns to all these idiots, and I'm thinking immediately this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. We find out that apparently Kirk and Casper served in the military together, and then uh, Casper refused to join the Coast Guard, so that's why they don't like each other. Wow. Which, so they have a little we have a little backstory here. It's a little like moonlighting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of will they, won't they, with Kirk and Casper in this movie. Uh, they don't. So what they do is like they're like giving these these little uh, young ladies like a, a desert eagle. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been around a desert eagle? I went for a friend's like bachelor party. We went to a, 
like a gun range in Vegas. And I actually did not shoot the Desert Eagle, and I'm glad I, I didn't because all the guys who did, like, threw their shoulders out because that is a high-caliber gun that you have to be very prepared and knowledgeable about how to properly handle firearms in order to uh, use effectively. Yeah, that is a 50 caliber gun. Yeah. That, for for reference, like, you could kill something half a mile away with that fucking gun. <laughs> like, it's insane. that, And they are massive. Like, when you see other handguns, like a 9mm or like a 32, you know, you're kind of, eh, it'll do the job guns. And then you put that beside a 50 cal, this, this Desert Eagle, it's like, mm-hmm. forget it, man. Forget, yeah, like, here you go, uh, uh, Liberty, you take this. Yeah. So. Here, Liberty, you weigh about 100 and maybe 10 pounds. Have this gun. That would <laughs> literally send you flying across the room. Oh, yeah, you'd be flying like Will Smith with the little uh, cricket from Men in Black. You know, it's just insane. And then just like, yeah, oh, here's a shotgun that's got incendiary rounds, and here's like, <laughs> like what the fuck, dude? What are you planning? Because I don't think he's selling these guns. I think he's planning a revolt. Yeah, I think he. Well, I think he, he might be prepping. Mm, there's a lot of preppers up there, man. Let me yeah. tell you. So you grew up in Washington, or lived? I there? did grow up there, but I moved to Spokane, Washington, when I was twelve. Oof, sorry. And I went. Yeah. Oh, Spokane is meth city now. It's awful. Yep. Yep. Um, and then I went to college in Olympia, and then I lived in Seattle for a few years after that. So I just moved to L.A. in 2004. 2005 okay okay so yeah you've been there for a minute i grew up in uh stevenson you ever hear of that place no where's that okay so that's great because you've been all over washington never heard of it perfect so you go uh down on the oregon washington border the columbia river Mm -hmm. and then go inland so uh like across the river would be like a uh uh you know, like a Hood River, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, there's a Carson, Washington next to it. Uh, Cascade Locks. Place like a... We're, we're right by the Bonneville Dam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, beautiful place. to, And it's great to leave. Because uh, you just have to either be a lumberjack or work at the fiberglass mill. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a lot of... Um opportunity in in college i worked for um an inflatables company you know like bouncy castles and that kind of thing and but this was like the high-end one so it was nice like yeah so we would do like events at microsoft um but we like events at microsoft and then also like high school field days or like church events but the thing was like when it wasn't one of those things where like someone rented it and we went out, set it up, and then would come back five hours later to tear it down, is we were attendants also. Like, we were there the whole time making sure everything was safe, whatever. So I did a ton of events. Like, I'm sure I've at least driven through Stevenson because we did a bunch of events, like, on that uh, Washington-Oregon border and all those kind of small towns. Yeah. A lot of preppers out there. Yep, yep. Um, I, I looked up news from my hometown a little while ago, and the only story that I found was that a guy blew up his ex-girlfriend's dog because he thought there was a demon in it. Whew. So, uh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. That's rough. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, bad dog. I mean, bad joke. Back back to the movie. Um, 
but but it's actually heating up in the movie. So we we get to the big fight, right? And it's, yeah, this is a oof. this is a sequence, man. Oh God, it is a ten minute fight scene with twenty six cuts to video game footage. Twenty six in ten minutes. Yeah, runtime, runtime, runtime. Oh, it gets even worse with the runtime, runtime, runtime in here, man. So let's go. We got uh, so much of these uh, turntable shots, right? Yeah, it's this this sequence is very. It's a it's a, what's the best way? Because it's parts of it are incompetent. Like it's like how did this shot make it into the movie? Um, but some of it is just so like stylized and so like pump you up. This is this is exciting. This is your the big movie moment. Um, everyone has like a showcase. Like it's so video game like centric. Like you're like this is this is a video game movie, and this I am here for this. And then there's moments where you're like, what the fuck's happening here? Like why is that shot? Like why why did he had no other shot but that one to put in here? Um, but man, yeah, well, ten minutes. You know, the actors like it, though, because you get the shot and move on. Yeah. So there's some great kills here. Like I was saying with some of the zombie effects, when some of them get like a shotgun to the dome and the head like explodes and splits mm-hmm. down the middle, it uh, looks phenomenal. You get a cool zombie that does like a front flip with an axe and throws the axe. <laughs> and then uh, that's like, that was throwing it at, who was he throwing? I think he was Alicia, throwing right? it at Alicia. Yeah, yeah. Right, and she had the shotgun. And she literally like she she Trinity jumps straight up yes. in the air like this. This scene is also like the I wanted to do the Matrix but couldn't afford it. Like Alicia does a Trinity straight up jump where she jumps ten feet into the air as the axe is flying at her. Like right, and she shoots and we see the shotgun. This is actually a, like a great CGI shot. You see like the shotgun shells like flying out and you see them break up into like the buckshot. Mm-hmm. And what the scene leads you to believe is going to happen is that the axe is flying at her. She shoots her shotgun. Yeah. The expectation is that her shotgun blast is going to deflect the axe. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what for that. is supposed to happen. Your brain yes. is making the connections. Does that happen? No. And this isn't subverting our expectations. This no. is just dumb. Like. Yeah. The things do not connect. The axe flies harmlessly past her, yeah. and the buckshot hits the zombie. Like, yeah. it. W- why did she jump? Why Why did any of it happen? <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to if it. If she had it's... not jumped, she could just be standing there and have shot yeah. the zombie. The axe flies over her head, and she's completely safe. And I, that's why I don't understand, like, what the thinking is in a lot of this movie. Like, what? what was that for? Like... Did the editor in the editing edit, in the editing room like look at him and be like, "So, so that's what you want to have happen here? You want you you just want the you don't want the bullets to hit the axe? You just want it to not matter?" And he's or, like, "Yes, yeah." Or at the very least, the the axe hits her, the bullets hit him, and then they both fall down, like right. something. But no, that's okay. Yeah. We're we're you know what it is. We're thinking two dimensional. He's thinking three dimensional. He's playing three dimensional for- chess. That's with right. This but, zombie fight because we forgot about the whole left and right where the axe could have went. <laughs> <laughs> we were so focused on up and down. So yeah, and 
so something happened earlier too when Greg got killed that was weird. Uh, that it stops and it does one of the turntable shots and then the oh, screen right. turns red. Yeah, we and get we, a character death like cinematic. Yeah, I was just kind of expecting that you also would get the sound like when Pac Man dies. Yeah, or something. You know. But no. No, no, no weird sound effect. That that actually would have worked with the video game motif. Yep. You throw that in there, then all right, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it establishes things that should happen, and then you're like, oh, this characters die. It's gonna be like they died in a video game. Great, it's on theme. It makes sense. Uh nah, it was just we just did that the once, or I think the, I, I they do it more than once, right? But they do they don't do it with everyone, so it's inconsistent, right? No, it's like. I don't know. It's like maybe like main characters, quote unquote. I, I don't know. Because, it, there, yeah, there's no consistency or rhyme or reason. Just like uh, tossing flares. Like, I don't know what the fuck we're su- that's supposed to do. Because it like, I guess you're supposed to scare the zombie with fire. But like, that doesn't work. The lady's just lighting flares and throwing them around. And we get some pretty cool, like, grenade explosions. They kick a couple zombies down a well and then just yeah. chuck a grenade down there. Dude flies out. Like, some pretty cool little wire work zombie flying shit. And uh, and you get old Liberty kicking some ass for a while. Mm-hmm. And then... And uh, she, at some point, she, like, magically changes weapons in between shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're just, you know... We're just at this point. Like it's like in Grand Theft Auto when you change your your weapon, it just kind of appears in your hand. Yeah, you know, something like that. But uh, we're trying to make it into the. Is it a church? I guess I thought it was the house. Is it not the house? Well, it is the house it, of the dead. Okay, but this is on an island too. Like yeah. it's yeah, none of okay. We'll call it a house. We'll call it whatever. Well, because there's a lab in there, so yeah, I guess it's the house. So they're trying to make it in there, and the door's locked. Now, I might be mistaken, but <laughs> the uh, front flip axe throwing zombie came out of the house. Yeah, and I Who guess locked he locked the door. I guess he locked the door behind him. Very conscientious. Or, He's like, "Yeah, I better lock the door behind me." We're not paying to heat up the whole outdoors. <laughs> so, now nah, they're trying to get in. The door's locked, and well, unfortunately. Your favorite character, Liberty, gets eaten. Yep. That's right rough on Liberty. Yeah. Liberty's dead. And it's right in front of Rudy, too. And now, speaking of runtime, runtime, runtime. For some reason, we get this flashback in Rudy's head. <laughs> I forgot about this, yeah. That I think might be the entire movie played in reverse very, very fast. Yeah. Yeah, a flashback to what we just saw. Yeah. So why is this? It's it's awful. It's it's a dumb choice. And I and but it's one of those things where like I feel like what he's trying to do is show like the trauma of violence. Mm-hmm. Um which I think has only really been done well in one movie I can think of, and that's oddly enough, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, where they do, um, they show a lot of his wartime flashbacks in a kind of sepia tone, kind of dreamy, like filter over it. Mm. Um, 
but then you see later like he has like his first kind of after he's learned to be a samurai in japan he's um he's confronted by like three guys in the street and he has like a very quick sword fight with them and kills them and you see briefly it flashed to that same sepia tone um film grain um as he kind of very briefly kind of replays like what just happened and i was like oh that's showing like even a fight that he wins that he feels justified in fighting still has an effect on him that violence yeah. has an effect um so i feel like is that what they're going for in this like oh yeah like going through a huge gun battle with a bunch of zombies and just seeing someone you know eaten by a zombie would be kind of traumatic but it is it plays like the whole movie in this like <laughs> in this speed like flash through and i'm just like what yeah. we didn't need that so i i wonder if this is because it does take a little bit of a shift his character here um in that he's a bit more competent after this so maybe mm-hmm. this is his like final girl of the horror movie like all right i'm now i'm gonna get freddy into the real world and fuck him up you know (laughs) but maybe maybe it's they were going for that but like in the second act instead of the end of the second act like Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not sure doesn't really work though um but he does go to the side of the building he rips open some boards on a window and he goes to drag casper in but uh, it doesn't really work out for Casper. She, uh, it doesn't look like they're biting her, the zombies. It, it looks, looks like, like they're, they're just... like chopping off her legs, right? Like, yeah, I fully expected we were going to get like the torso of Casper. And maybe this is an origin story for the ghost. Well, cause... do you? <laughs> oh, Casper. Um, I don't, have, have you seen House of the Dead 2? No. Casper comes back in a wheelchair, missing her legs. Okay. Um, I That's, have a few there's questions. no explanation. She is in. She's just in the sequel as herself in a wheelchair with no legs. No explanation as to how she survived. They don't. It's like her presence in the state that she she's in is the only reference to the first movie. Um, it's interesting hilarious i have to see this now it's a very it's it's uh it is just where this is like a gloriously dumb bad movie house of the dead 2 is just a bad movie i think it's a sci-fi original channel like original movie um but the fact that they chose to do that bit of continuity between the two movies i think is is worth the price of admission yeah because i think like it looks like Rudy puts her in like a burlap sack or something. Yeah, like <laughs> she's she's fucking toast. But it would make sense that they never like show a zombie like bite or something. But there's no way they planned like, hey, we got to keep her around for the sequel. Yep. Um, even though they definitely planned for a sequel. So now, while he's uh, back there, Rudy playing with Casper, who's dying. Um, his friends are getting killed because he still hasn't opened the front door. <laughs> I'm like, dude, get, can we get the front door open first and then we'll figure out the half dead, half lady? Yeah, sure. All right. So he runs up to the front, cracks the door open in time, and we get another character being drug in and having their uh, legs fucked up. It's Kirk. 
it seems uh, Kirk and Casper, however uh, much history they have and their conflicts that they have, their fates are intertwined with his legs getting bit and her legs getting chopped up, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, there's a poetry to it. No, I think it was just that he thought of one way of uh, wounding people and went with it. So Most likely, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's okay, because uh, we're going to drag him in there. We board the door shut, and it's like, okay, now we're here. We're at the end of the second act. We're going to batten down the hatches. We're going to fortify the fort and we're going to try to stay in there and survive right makes sense so they do it and uh simon walks over he lights a candle i'm not sure why but he does um then he's looking at his his bandage on his face where the acid was that has been changing uh through most of the shots so like (laughs) first of all it looks like a bandage then it kind of looks like a red post-it note um, he takes it off and it's just like, there's no skin there now. Yeah. And he's like, well, now what am I going to do? I'm a, I'm a I'm model a freak. I'm a freak. Yeah. I guess I should just probably put on a, a half mask and learn how to play the piano. I'm the elephant man. Yeah. But, uh, it's okay because karma tells him that, uh, she'd still fuck him anyway. Yep. And then they start making out and I'm like, yeah. this, this might not be the right time guys. There's a time and a place. This is not it. Yeah. Although maybe it's like the end of uh, Dogma with Jay. Where he's like, all right, you guaranteed me that if the world was going to come to an end, we'd have sex. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's one of those scenarios. But no, nah, I mean, Karma's just, again, lady who's DTF. So outside, we, we cut back to Rudy, and, and uh, he's pissed that he couldn't save Casper. And uh, Alicia is talking to him like, I don't worry about it. I didn't really know her anyway. Uh, Hey, what are those zombies doing out there? They're dragging all the bodies off. And, uh, oh, that's probably not good. (laughs) Should we be concerned about that? Yeah. So two things. One, I don't believe this ever pays off. And two, uh, now Alicia wants to fuck. So I'm like, what What is going on here? We have like a... It's like a, a horny version of the mood slime from Ghostbusters 2. I would love if that was a side effect of like zombie, like zombies give off horny pheromones. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So it's kind of like in uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods. So they're spraying the little horny pheromones yeah. out and everything. That'd be, that'd be very clever of those zombies. Or maybe of the Spanish weird doctor guy, you know? He's doing all sorts of weird experiments, so who knows? Maybe he maybe he invented Spanish fly. I mean, he is Spanish. Yeah. yeah. And he nah. did fly over the continent in his boat to get to the Pacific Northwest <laughs> Island. He did have to fly over all the flyover states, which were even more barren back then. So, no, they're not going to bang, though, because uh, somebody busts in and says, hey, there's something wrong with Kirk. It's like, well, yeah, he got bit on the arm. His leg got chewed to shit. And like, he's probably going to die, you know? <laughs> so they walk in there, and now nah, he needs a drink. Which, this it doesn't seem like there's actually an emergency with Kirk right now. No. So I guess we just interrupted the sex scene for no good reason. But anyway, 
they give him some water. He's like, ah, it's not really what I was looking for, water. Because he's been kind of boozing it up this whole movie. He's kind of an old booze hound. And uh, nah, he drinks some water, and they find a book. Like, oh, hey, wait, maybe what's in this book will help us. And I, I first time I watched this, uh, or when I watched it uh, the other night uh, for my rewatch, I didn't remember the movie. When they get the book, and they say, I think there's going to be something in here to help. I just said to myself, I doubt it. <laughs> so we get the book, and it just says, oh, yeah, that weird Spanish doctor guy's here. And uh, when he got here, he burned the ship when he got to the island. So, all right. That's why we got no boat, no uh, Spanish galleon. But also, is, isn't the book written by, like, the first mate? Yeah, of, of I the think ship, so. And it includes like, and he killed everybody, and I am a ghost writing yeah. in this book. <laughs> well, maybe it was ghost written by the first mate. Oh, <laughs> how dare you! <laughs> That's a very good point. Who wrote the? And you know what? It's the whole one-eyed Willie thing. Well, wait a minute. If he killed his entire crew, then who got out with the map and the story? <laughs> well, I guess somebody must have snuck out. Okay. I guess it's only to establish that the rumor was true, maybe. But at this point, does it matter? There's fucking zombies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know what? Now that I know that it is that Spanish doctor, I'm going to approach this situation entirely differently. Now, so Kirk actually has a decent idea. He says, hey, why don't you guys... Look, we've got a few bullets. We have no food, right? You need to go look around the house. Like... Maybe See, there's, there's also like a sandwich or something. Oh yeah, maybe a, a can of bean sprouts or something. I mean, gotta be something to eat in here. Uh, oh, and maybe there's still zombies in here that you guys should kill so that we know it's secure or whatever. Ah. So they go exploring the house and they walk into the barrel room. Um, not much in here, just some barrels. And then there's a door with a light on behind it. They're like, well, that's probably something important. So they bust in and there's like a weird old zombie strapped to a table and a bunch of like heads in jars and a bunch of weird liquids of different kinds of colors and stuff. And they find a weird old ancient looking telescope. And I'm like, okay, hold on here. (laughs) There's what's going on here. Telescope. Whether you make it out of uh, uh, like a, some sort of like glasses that he had, or I mean, is this guy got it's like, like a in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where Azim takes out like the leather and the two lenses and, and puts together a telescope? Yeah, this is some like Assassin's Creed level weird anachronistic technology that's going on. But hey, whatever. So, of course, you're going to look in the telescope because. There's probably something in it. We take a peek and we see uh, it looks like uh, dots and they're multiplying. So, well, this immediately, immediately interests Rudy, right? So he looks, he's like, oh shit, what's going on here? And then we have the, the, the genius now explains that it's blood, but it's mutated. And it's an amazing scientific discovery. And I'm like, 
okay, I know this guy earlier said he was pre-med, right? <laughs> but he's jumping to some conclusions. Yeah. I get that whatever was in this still being alive and moving is weird. Like, that's something. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to go with him. He is the professional here. Right? All right. So, the, we cut back to the captain, though. Captain Kirk. And he hears uh, a jaunty tune being whistled. And what was what was the t- tune he was whistling? I, it was like the farmer in the dell or so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, that's Salish. Salish is uh, uh, always whistling. I remember that from earlier. Um, it's an established character trait. Yeah, yeah. You remember how Salish was uh, whistling all the time? Well, he was doing that. And uh, so the captain's like, well... I mean, I guess my legs are still cool and everything. I'll go ahead and get up and take a walk outside to see if it's Salish. And he walks out, and it is Salish, but he's a zombie. And uh, now, having shed the, the last thread that connected the captain to our mortal coil, no longer having his first mate, he, uh, he, he's ready to die. He has made his peace with the universe. He really has, you know. And uh, I was thinking about, like, I always like to think about if I'm in a horror movie. I don't know if you listened. I did an episode of uh, The House by the Cemetery with the McCollum Boys. Oh, I that one. And uh, in that one, there are several instances where I figured that if I was in the movie, I would have uh, lied to my family about going to the store to get something and abandoned them. So in this movie... I see what the captain does here, and I'm like, you know what? Probably the best option, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> because he's like, I'm going to die anyway, because they're like, Captain, no. You know, they're yelling at him, don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to die anyway. You know, I got bit, and, and now we know that kills you or whatever. So he takes his cigar, stick a dynamite, lights it, and he's like, all right, come get me. And all the zombies swarm him. Dynamite blows up, boom, and uh, takes out a bunch of them with him. So rest in peace to uh, a real one, Captain Kirk. He beams up to go to the great, you know, great beyond, where no one has gone before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he also fucks up because he blows the front door off of the building. Yeah, that's the convenient (laughs) Plot action there. Ah, shit. And I'm like, man, this could have been a fun scene here. Just let him die and not fuck it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, but what are you going to do? So now the zombies just start pouring into the building like they would. So uh, this is now truly a house of the dead. Oh, <laughs> Roll oh. yes, sir. Truly a house of the dead. They run back and they, uh, they're like, quick, get in the barrel room. And they lock the door behind them. They're like, ah, we're kind of fucked now because we're just stuck here. There's the lab and then there's the barrel room and that's it. That's everything that's left in the house. So what are we going to do? And just then uh, this weird piranha in a tank of red kind of like bites at the glass. And now I don't think this is a move I would have made. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I probably would have died 
during the rave party, to be honest with you. So you're saying you would have gone to a daytime rave in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, where I grew up, I would have done anything to get out of town. So if you're telling me I have to go to fucking Skull Island or whatever, and uh, Sega was sponsoring it, I was a bit enough of a Sega nerd back in the day. I probably would have went uh, and then just got killed. I would have been in the next porta potty, like hiding, you know? <laughs> Like they're like, oh, it's a porta potty turned over. Yeah, we should get. I'm like, please don't fucking flip mine over. Please just don't flip mine over. Just leave me alone. Oh, die of embarrassment. (laughs) Oh, but now, um, who is it that shoots the fish tank? I'm trying to recall here. Is it? I I do not remember. It doesn't matter. Somebody. uh, Is it karma? I, I. That's who I had in my notes. I'm not sure though. We'll we'll go with it. Well, yeah. So. uh Karma, Karma grabs the gun and is like, ah, shit. And they're like, no, don't do that. And then she shoots the fish tank. Now, okay. Of course, don't shoot the fish tank with the weird zombie piranha in it because it's going to now get out and bite you and kill you, right? No. No, the, the blood that's in the <laughs> tank leaks everywhere, starts reanimating all of the zombies that are laying all over the lab. By the way... This Spanish scientist, real messy guy. Yeah. Not running a tight ship. He's no Herbert West. Because uh, uh, then, then we just get like Rudy throws out the line like, oh my God, the liquid blood is what is reanimating them. Or keeping them alive. I'm like, what? What? Okay. Well, again, that's a little, it's, you know, I, I can see why he'd say it. But he's, he's not a man of science. No. He's pre-med. I, I think he, anybody could claim that they're pre-med. You don't, you yeah, just have to I'm pre-med. Not, yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, so, yeah, I, the blood reanimates all these zombies. Now they're really fucked, right? You thought it was a house of the dead before? Now, now we're in some trouble because the only safe room near as I can tell is the barrel room. So they run out to the barrel room. And Rudy, uh, or no, Simon. Simon discovers, is like, oh, these barrels are full of gunpowder. He's like, well, uh, that might come in handy, but maybe not because one of us would have to stay here to, to light the barrels on fire. And uh, wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> they run back in the barrel room. Karma's like, hey, guys, there's this hatch on the floor. We could just take this and get out of here. But just then, Simon gets grabbed by some zombies who were busting through the door. And he's like, no, guys, I know what to do. You go ahead. And he, like you do in any light gun game, when there's a bunch of zombies around, you shoot the barrel. Shoot the barrels. Shoot the barrel, my friend. And he does, man. And that whole fucking house, like, blows up. It's pretty cool. So now, knowing what I know about House of the Dead 2, what the fuck happened to Casper when this house blew up? She was blown free. <laughs> the sack was blown back onto her boat. She hit like the um, you know, like the throttle, and so the boat just kind of took off and uh and beached itself like right by a hospital and she was saved. Huh. I believe it. I'm gonna have to go back though and, and go frame by frame to see if I just see like a sack flying. <laughs> 
through the explosion in the air because there's some pretty good dummy work of explosions and bodies flying. Yeah, you got to have the Blu-ray and make sure, like, you oh, know, yeah, that's 620 frames per second. You mm-hmm. you got to get that crisp, crystal clear picture. Yeah, I, you know what? I just got a monitor that's got the uh, the the fast frame rate, like the G Sync on it. I'll, I'll try to I'll try that out. Yeah, I demand screenshots. Scream shots, screen shots, yeah, scream shots. There's got to be a podcast called Scream Shots, right? So, a little while ago, I had I always have these stupid ideas for like running a one-time podcast that's based on just a stupid pun or something. (laughs) And the one that I just came up with recently was I want to do a movie review, movie review podcast. So you take like. Three different podcasts that reviewed like Face Off, and you review all of their reviews <laughs> to aggregate it or something. I looked up just Nicholas Cage podcasts. There are so many Nicholas Cage podcasts; wow. it's insane. So, and so you're I know there's a market for it. Oh yes, oh yeah. I'll get with you later about it about the uh, screenshots. It's all about just uh, screenshots of uh, horror movies. It's very short. Each episode's like two minutes long. Nice. <laughs> you know, have you heard about that podcast? Um, oh, God, what is it called? Uh, God, I forget what the name of the podcast is, but what they do is they review the Fast and the Furious movies okay. one minute at a time. Oh, Jesus Each Christ. episode, they just watch a minute of Fast and Furious, and then oh, review Lord. that minute. It's it's hilarious. Uh, it sounds like a great premise. That reminds me of. Now we're just talking about better podcasts. So that <laughs> reminds me of um, um, uh, the worst idea of all time podcast. Oh, what's that one? Oh, dude. So it's these two guys, uh, and and they're like, all right, we're gonna find a bad movie, and we're going to watch it once a week for a year, and they pick grown ups too. <laughs> and they watch it once a week for a year <laughs> and do a podcast every week. And it's, you just hear their, their facilities just deteriorate over time. But they've done it to themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the worst idea of all time. And then yeah. they start getting like a Stockholm Syndrome with the movie. Oh, God, you start- know, it's not bad. Well, they start appreciating. They're like, oh, Patrick Schwarzenegger's character is in here. Uh, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. So uh, what do you think was your favorite moment uh, of him in the movie? <laughs> and you got like two cameos. It's like nothing. Okay, so back to this movie. All right, the house has exploded. Mm-hmm. Simon has heroically sacrificed himself. Yes. Casper's burlap sack f- was blown to safety so she can appear in the sequel. Yes. Now we're going down into the caves. And here we got... If you thought we haven't mentioned the video game references lately, here we go. Because this next sequence is a first-person shooter sequence. Literally. And it feels a little bit on rails. Yep. Uh, Literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like where they would put... Like a mine cart would be going down. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm having a very hard time understanding all of, of the things this island has to offer here. So there were mines, and they were leading to this house mm-hmm. under the cemetery. Yeah, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Three hundred years ago, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. So they're they're uh, walking through this uh, this uh, interconnecting system of tunnels, and it's a uh, bunch of weird zombies like coming out of the the walls. Yeah, right? they're like moss zombies, right? They're like covered in yeah. moss, and they actually like they've been standing cool. guard there for you know three hundred years, and they're... now someone's walking through. They like kind of pop yeah. out to get shot. Yeah, that's kind of a bad idea. But as far as like the look of the zombies, they're pretty good. They blend yeah. in pretty well, though it is pretty dark down here. And uh, so our three remaining heroes, Alicia, Rudy, and, and Karma, they're going down there and shooting them up. And then we start running out of ammo. And oh shit, the wall zombies pop out and they grab Karma. And she's like, look, I'm going to hold them off uh, with this rifle. And you guys just uh, get the hell out of here and get to safety. So we have another heroic sacrifice. Missed opportunity, in my mind. I I wish I, she had gone out uh, by saying, like, shooting some zombies, and mm-hmm. then just yelled, Karma's a bitch! Exactly my note. Yeah. Why didn't she have a grenade? And then collapse the tunnel, boom, Karma's a bitch. It's oh, right there. It's right there, man. It's right there. Yeah. Maybe she'll come back in the, uh, the remake that they're doing here. Mm-hmm. And we get the same, the, the karma's a bitch line, finally. I'll figure out who the screenwriter is for it and reach out to him. Uh, so, now, Greg comes out with a sword to save the day and stab a zombie. And I'm like, well, I thought Greg was dead. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Somehow got, Greg's back, wearing different clothes and carrying a sword. It clearly must be our friends. Yeah, it's Greg in a weird cloak. Uh it's D and D party, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he's cosplaying, and uh, he's like, you know, take. He opens up this room and kind of like, lay, let go over here. He doesn't say anything though. That's very important because we come to find out. Well, that's not Greg at all. No. no. Shocking reveal. Mm-hmm. Face pulled off. John Lovitz. John Lovitz, ladies and gentlemen. It was no, me it's... the whole time. Yeah. I was merely acting. <laughs> uh, no, it's death. Mr. Castillo himself in a Greg mask, which uh, very good Greg mask. It's almost like it was just the actor. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a and Mission it's... Impossible style shit. Mm-hmm. And it's a trap, of course. So Castillo uh, created the blood apparently, so that he could live forever. And we, we know this because that's what Rudy says, is that he created the blood to live forever. Okay. Makes and then sense. And asks him, why did you do that? So, so I could live, live forever. It's, it's, it was, the answer was in the question. Yeah. Rudy. Well, yeah, because he says, like, uh, the blood makes you immortal. Why did you do that? And he says, yeah, to live yeah. forever. It's a great <laughs> line. So... All right, well, that's a good idea. Um, why don't we uh, pin the guy down, zombies, and then I'm going to go be uh, extra creepy with the girl and start talking about her skin. And it's like, he's like, oh, I've been waiting for you for a long time. And it's like, oh, that's why he's been stalking them, because he's been looking at their skin. Oh, I yeah. guess. They're called fetishes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Him and Hugh have been looking at skin. MrSkin.com Is that website still up? I am 
imagine it must be, right? I don't know. I think it's one of those websites that is just superfluous now. Um, but like it was, you know, it takes like $10 to run it a year. So they're like, yeah, just yeah. set it up. Well, that's like a, a, what do you call it? Jumptheshark.com. Oh. It was a big website where people yep. would go to see when a series jumped the shark. That was class. That was like, that was the best time-wasting website in the early 2000s. Yeah. If you just yeah. wanted to fall down a rabbit hole of reading about TV shows going wrong, that yeah. was your website. But then they got bought by tvguide.com. Yes. And then TV Guide just killed the website. for like I do, It's one of those things that just does not make any sense, like why they would do that. Yeah, early, like, House of the Dead 1 movie era internet was very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on like that. So speaking of weird, yeah, he's rubbing all over on Alicia, telling her about her skin. And, uh, well, we get a... Uh, well, we, we get a, a little tussle because old Rudy's not going to have any of that shit. So he no. he fights off the zombies that are holding him down. And uh, we, we, we see there's like a weird staircase that they can run up here. So that's cool. Just run up the staircase and he turns around. And uh, wouldn't you know it, he happens to have another grenade. And I'm like, why didn't you use this in the tunnel mm-hmm. earlier? Oh, whatever. So he chucks the grenade down there and blows up the little weird shack that they come out of. Lots of... I'm noticing a pattern here. Whenever we leave a place, we have to blow it up. (laughs) That's how I live my life, Eddie. When I leave a place, I just blow it up. That's, uh, That's pretty... That's pretty fucking awesome. So they get out of the shack and then, oh, shit... Castillo, he uh, he survived the explosion. So we get uh, a lot more turntables. Uh, Rudy gets knocked on his ass, and he's like kind of knocked out. And then uh, old Castillo, he, he has a big long sword fight with Alicia. And I'm for a second, I remember the first time I'm watching, I'm like, holy shit, Alicia is gonna kill this son of a bitch. That's cool, because you know I'm not a big fan of Rudy, and eh. That'd be kind of cool. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Rudy just kind of gets up, and uh, Alicia gets stabbed through the heart, right through the right through the boobs, like right in that right. middle, that right middle. in the cleavage. in the decolletage. Yeah, it's right in the decolletage. Perfect little, like uh, just poke right to the heart. I guess just dead, kinda. So she kind of stumbles down, and we're like, ah, I guess she's dead. So never mind. Rudy pops up and uh, decapitates. Castillo. And uh, then we get the credits. Oh, no, wait. It's a, it's a real uh, Halloween 3 with the uh, robot lady. De- uh, uh, decapitated body still moving around. And uh, Castillo's body just starts choking old Rudy out. And this is, uh, It's a very kind of Return of the Living Dead uh, zombie logic. Where, like, the body... No matter what, the body... And the head are still active, even if they're no longer attached. Yeah, it's you the reanimator fully destroy them. Yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, the the brain's still there. Maybe he's just got different rules because he never died. He just injected himself with the oh, shit. Oh yeah. I don't know. He is the living dead juice. He is. In the end, yeah, that's what he became. He lost his humanity. That sucks. 
So yeah, then old uh, Alicia is not dead, and she just stomps on the fucking dude's head, and it looks great, by the way. <laughs> yeah. His head just like pops like a zit. <laughs> that is a good effect. Yeah. Ugh. And then the body just kind of slumps down, and it's all over, folks. It's uh, we're all good now because, for whatever reason, a helicopter shows up, and it's the AMS, who I've never heard of, but all right. Now, how did they figure out what was going on? How did they know to come here? Who radioed them? Who? Oh, Casper did. She crawled out of her burlap sack when she landed oh. back on her boat. And she's you know like, send, send a helicopter. Yeah, I got to call the AMS. No, you know what? It makes that makes perfect sense. If if you just concede to the fact that the burlap sack flew out of the building and landed in the ship and and sent her careening across the uh, the the sea to find help, then yeah, it adds up. That makes yeah. perfect sense. No, no, no plot holes here, man. No, no, solid, very solid. Um, yeah, hey, you know what? Ooh, maybe Casper uh, took the the necklace off of the dead girl. Oh, protecting her. Oh, yep. man. I bet that was a deleted scene. I'll ask yep. Uva about because, that. Because also another kind of uh, very subtle subplot in here is that Casper is also a serial killer. And once she killed Cynthia Zombie, she had to take a trophy, a souvenir off, off her victim, and she took the necklace. That makes sense. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's why every time she shot a zombie, she kept running over and taking shit off yeah. him real quick. I didn't even notice that. Sometimes it was now. like a button. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it was like wind. an eyeball, a, a tooth. You know, she just needed yeah. something. Yeah. Some guy was eating pistachios. She took one of the shells. Well, that's just because she was hungry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was nothing to eat on the fucking island. No, I mean, there was plenty no. of beer, though. Plenty so, of beer, uh, man. Nope. AMS shows up and rescues them, but the AMS is all like, oh, and by the way, uh, be on the lookout for reanimated sapiens, which, how how did they, I guess, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It had to have been Casper, Casper telling them. But also, like, reanimated sapiens sounds like, like the uh, AMS are aliens masquerading as humans. Yeah. And they're not quite sure what the lingo is. They're like, Reanimated, what are they called? Sapiens? Humans? Humans. I remember there being like a chimp or an orangutan or anything like that. Another deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, in this movie, it would just be a guy in like a gorilla costume from Spirit Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. He just gets like blown up in a 360 pan. Oh, that'd be good. You just see all the particle effects of the fur flying. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome. So, no, the government comes and they uh, save the day. They rescue Rudy, and Rudy's dragging Alicia to the chopper. Because, uh-oh, he used the serum to reanimate his girlfriend. Yeah. And with that, buddy, we, uh, we've we talked through House of the Dead, like you said, the prequel to the games. Because mm-hmm. we get the reveal that Rudy's last name is Killian. And that's the name of the bad guy from the House of the Dead video games. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that's something that you had to like. That's like deep cut mm-hmm. House of the Dead lore. See, that makes me feel bad because I, I, I functionally right now could go downstairs in my house and play House of the Dead. I have a Dreamcast with the game 
with the light gun. There you go. I what also, are you wasting time doing a podcast I for? don't know. I also have the weird spinoff of it, Typing of the Dead. Oh, wow. With the keyboard for the Dreamcast, so I can play it. That is, that's uh, a hell of an accessory to have, sir. It's so great, man. They just reskinned it so the guns are all replaced with keyboards. <laughs> it's so funny. So, what do you think of the movie? Uh, it is it is one of the worst movies, but it's a it's it's one of those like horrible movies that's actually very fun because it is so like it's hard to say because it looks like a it looks like a real movie, yeah. Um, but is made as incompetently as the worst kind of straight to video um, camcorder movies that were still kind of also coming out on DVD around the same time. But it looks like a real movie. It just is incompetently made. What What do you think, um, if if anything, really is really the highlight of this or what it really got right? Oh, that it got right? Um, I mean, it's the 10-minute it's the shootout, right? Like, the 10-minute zombie fight that is... Like, the music is pumping. And like, the 360 stuff. The weird shots that show like they clearly were just filming everyone. And so there's like scenes where some of the main characters are literally just standing around cause they don't know they're on camera. Um, it's just, if you watch that, that kind of sums up the movie and it's like, yeah, that that was a fun thing to watch. It was hilarious. It was like badass and stupid all at the same time. One of the things because I haven't, like I've said, this is the only Uva Ball movie I've seen. Like, even really in part, uh, I haven't seen any of the other things. I do, like, I'm pretty well versed in everything that went on with his career. And it seems like the industry fucking hated him. Right? And he was just universally panned by critics. Do you think he was judged too harshly? potentially or is it is it that he really was like compared to everything else that was going on in the industry he really was that bad oh he's absolutely that bad like he's not good like he i don't understand why anyone lets him make movies Mm -hmm. like this is ed wood level of incompetency um i just have to assume like on his level um but someone keeps giving him money to make movies. And I just have to believe that he has very competent people working under him, which is why his movies are able to look like movies. Um, but yeah, he deserves every, every ounce of criticism, he, criticism he gets like, okay. They're, in, they're not in good. the, uh, it's fun because in, in the movie, the documentary about him, somebody, uh, says Uva Boll might be the worst director of all time, but the best producer of all time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because of his just like you said, his ability to just get people to give him money and pull down star power that of some of the like higher calibers in later movies. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. So I guess the last thing I gotta ask you here regarding Uva Ball specifically, is at the end of the month, I'm going to be uh, interviewing him again to let him know what I thought of his movies. And I also want to bring to him a question from each one of my guests. So, 
If I could bring a question from you to Uva Ball for that last interview, what would it be? I would say you can ask him, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's a good question. Who uh, do you think you are? Who do you think you are to do this? Uh, but I guess that on a serious level, like maybe ask him like what, like I'm trying to phrase this in a way that actually is you could ask him without it sounding offensive, but like, what is he proudest of? Ah, okay. Great question. What, what of his works is he uh, most proud of? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And not related. Um, at the end of every one of my episodes, I like to ask the guest if there's another movie that might scratch a similar itch to this movie that you would suggest rather than watching this. As if you just don't want to watch this or you've already seen it and you're listening because we're covering and spoiling the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. What, what would you maybe suggest? There is a movie, and I'm, you're going to have to forgive me because I'm going to be trying to look it up right now. Okay. So while um, you're doing that, I could give you my suggestion. Yes. Um, I would tell the listeners a contemporary movie to this, uh, also in 2003. Also, maybe it doesn't hold up the best. I don't know. But it's fun, and it, it definitely hits the kind of tropey shock horror of its era. I would say watch House of a Thousand Corpses. It's, I have a weird love-hate relationship with Rob Zombie's movies. Most of them I hate. There's something that's just stupidly fun about House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, rest in peace, Sid Haig. Probably, besides Bill Mosley, the best part of that. I, I would say that's a very, like, I'm not a big fan of those movies or Rob Zombie, but that definitely seems like, a competent, more competent version of uh, of mm. what we're kind of going for with House of the Dead. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, of that kind of like, like, because it's like dirty, grindhousey horror. Yeah. This is uh, kind of polished um, early 2000s. Yeah. And it has all the weird, like, cutaways to, to shit that's kind of not really part of the story. And you've got the weird doctor experimenting on the dead. And it's just fun. Plus the grandpa who's awesome in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, son of a bitch. I'm trying to find this movie. Okay. Maybe um, I can help you if you just describe it's, it. It's okay. <laughs> Danny Trejo's in it. Okay. And it is a very much kind of southwestern zombie horror. But if memory, like my greatest memory of it is Danny Trejo it is masturbating in one scene. Okay. Uh, when about did it come out? I would say it had to be like like around around like the same 2012? time period. No, I would say like 2003 up oh. to maybe 2010. Like Ooh, that okay, kind of okay. era. Because I was thinking Rise of the Zombie, but that's not it. I, you know, I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, that does, Rise of the Zombie does not look familiar to me. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. It's okay. I can edit this in post. That's not a problem. Yeah. it's And it's a really weird scene because Danny Trejo is not 
he he's one of those like it's featuring Danny Trejo. He's in just like one or two scenes. Uh-huh. But one of the scenes is he's in bed masturbating. Um, and I think he might be a zombie when he's doing it. Uh, but he's driving me crazy. And I don't, um, am I, do I just have to do Danny Trejo masturbation scene into Google safe search off? Things we do for entertainment, man. Let yeah, me tell it you. Because it is a very weird scene. Like, if man, nothing came up, wow. I, I can't think of the name of this movie, but it is, like, very kind of similar in terms of plot set up to okay. House of the Dead. Group of friends on vacation stay in a small southwestern town in, like, a little hotel. Um, and then the town... Be- there's like a curse on the town uh, and zombies come. So it's like regular folks fighting off zombies in a cursed Southwestern town. Uh, and I believe Danny Trejo is like the evil um, zombie Lord, I guess. Interesting. Uh, gosh. And maybe I'm making this all up. Like, yeah, I think you might've had like a fever dream or something this might be here. A fever dream. Um, it's not Cowboys. Versus zombies, I don't think. Okay, okay. I don't think so. And it can't be that. Um, there's another. There's another zombie movie with Rob Schneider. Oh um, dear, that's Lord. a zombie western, uh, which is uh, very similar. It's like I because I I love zombie mm-hmm. zombie movies. Um, so like I would just go through if I see a zombie movie for cheap, I chances are I will buy it. Okay. Um, and uh, so, like, a lot of, like, block, when, like, when I'd hit Blockbuster and whatnot, um, I'd look at the zombies, buy them sight unseen. Sometimes I'd keep them. Sometimes I'd uh, return them. But, yeah, this is uh, weird. Google Foo is uh, failing me because yeah, I can't even find the... it's going to be a mystery, man. It's a mystery. Dan- Danny Trejo as an evil zombie lord. Who's jerking off. Who's jerking off. Like, okay. I think if Murray says, like, the main female character is, like, captured and brought before him, and he's, like, bedridden, and, like, he's just, like, masturbating, and it's okay. weird. Huh. So, yeah, so uh, everyone... Google that, safe search off. I mean, it's not this one, but the the title for this one lines up. It's called Beat the Devil. Uh, but but that's <laughs> not... I think that's it. But yeah, make sure you search for uh, Danny Trejo masturbating zombie. And then maybe we can get... We, maybe we can get together, folks. We'll, uh, I'll put a call out to the listeners. Maybe they can help. Yeah, that'd be like... Put that on the Twitter. See if anyone remembers this movie. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll cut it in right here. The name of the movie is All Souls Day, Dia de los Muertos, and it's from 2005. All right, that was the movie. Yeah, so that there we movie. Go. We figured it out. Great. That's the one you should see. All right, man. So, uh, Michael, thank you for joining me today. Is there anything you want to promote? I'll plug, uh, obviously, my, my podcast, Burn After Pitching. It's a comedy pitching podcast where we have uh, different podcasters, writers, comedians, actors on, and we give them a topic and they pitch ideas on it. Uh, also, go to my website, buymichaeltanner.com, where you can uh, buy my comic books. 
um, graphic novels, whatnot. I do a series called Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, which is kids fighting hideous zombie mutants. So if you like zombies, you might like Junior Braves. Hey, so there's a good thing for people to want something else to consume that's zombie related. Just go over to your website and buy your stuff. Yeah, hideous zombie mutants. Sounds good, man. All right, well, I want to thank you for joining us here today, and this is how I end it.